broadcasting live from the beautiful Sheridan Grand at Wild Horse Pass for Conscious Capitalism 2019. It's time for CEO Exclusive. Now, here's your host, Sueni Co. Hi, welcome back to the Conscious Capitalism Conference 2019 and CEO Exclusive. And I am really delighted to have on this segment, Jonathan Kieser, is that correct? Jonathan Kaiser. Kaiser, I apologize. It's all good. Who is actually the CEO of one of our host companies. Um, and I would absolutely love it if you would tell us what uh, Kaiser, Kaiser, <laughs> Kaiser. Uh, Kaiser um, Relentless Cha- Client Champions does, what you do as a relentless client champion. So we're focused on transforming the commercial real estate brokerage industry. I personally used to be a ruthless prick. And it's pretty common in our industry. And I found found a different way and decided to transform myself around that. And now our focus is changing the way that commercial real estate brokerage services are delivered Mm -hmm. um, and bringing a sense of authenticity, a sense of collaboration, and really proving that you don't have to be ruthless to be successful. And that even in a competitive, hyper-competitive Dog eat dog, cutthroat industry. You don't have to be ruthless to win. Mm. Let's come back to that. And then yep. I also have in this segment um, Jonathan's friend, Doctor Cody Friesen or Friesen. Friesen, spot on. Friesen, the CEO. He's much more important than me. CEO of Zero Mass Water. So, Cody, but I'm Jonathan's friend. Yeah, Doctor Cody, what do you do? Um, I'm still recovering from being a, what'd you say? Ruthless prick. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, a recovering prick. I bought that by the way. You can't go buy that. I own ruthlessprick.com. I just <laughs> stole it. Mm. All right, Cody. Tell no, us what you, well, tell us, tell us no, what zero mass water does. Yeah. My focus is on, um, well, my background is in renewable energy and, and zero mass water's focus is on fundamentally improving the human relationship to water. Mm. Wow. So, why is it that two CEOs that are really busy that could be spending their time doing anything would choose to be at this conference? Why, especially for people who are not familiar with conscious capitalism, why is it worth your time to be here? Well, about three years ago, I had heard about conscious capitalism. I didn't know much about it. It sounded... Frou-frou? A little frou-frou to me. And so a buddy of mine said, you really need to go to the CEO summit. So I went to the CEO summit and I was blown away because when I walked in and I started explaining what we were doing to people, everybody said me too. And they all had that same philosophy of selfless service and of caring and of giving back and of trying to be good. I thought you said that wasn't what you were doing. What's that? I thought you said that that wasn't how you were. I used to be a ruthless ah, prick. Okay, yeah. But now I'm not. Okay. And so my whole company By the time you got to the CEO summit, he had already, already a post-prick. I was post-prick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. Keep going. Well past. By the way, Cody. Yeah, no, I, I think I met you around that time, and mm-hmm. uh, yeah, no, no prick and no prickness, no prickosity. That's a new word. That's a good one. We're gonna go with that one. I like it. Prickosity. No, no prickosity. It almost sounds academic enough to not to have it. to do with being a prick. Yeah, it does. Anyway, I embrace that. We should uh, not steal the show here. So anyway, so well, you are the, the show. whole idea. Nobody was listens to CEO exclusive for me. They listen for wow. The CEOs. Look at you have these you have these C, these CEOs and these leaders who actually care, right? And that are doing good and that care about business as a whole. And I found my community, and so ever since then, I've been very involved and I've made some extraordinary relationships through that um, community. 
And for us in here, here in Arizona, we want to highlight how many conscious companies we really have here in the state. And we're honored to have this, um, this summit here in Arizona. And we hope it brings greater awareness to how many conscious companies are actually already here and help grow the base. Um, because I think there's a movement afoot in today's world that is very anti-capitalism. And I think capitalism as a whole is an extraordinarily good thing. It has done things for the world that um, nothing else has ever done. It's one of the greatest things that ever happened to the world. But it's not without its downsides. And so the idea of conscious capitalism is we're embracing the capitalistic side and just making sure that we're conscious on how we can constantly improve on that and make it work for everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I would extend that to say that um, you know, cop- capitalism is the greatest force that humans have ever derived for lifting others up. Yep. Mm-hmm. I agree. Um, and at the same time, it is broken. Capitalism doesn't have to mean massive wealth concentration amongst an incredibly small number of people. And it doesn't have to mean the takeover of uh, whole political systems, etc. It can actually mean a very efficient flow of capital into productivity. And that productivity can be anything. It can be things that are bad or good. Typically things that are bad, people that are willing to kind of bend the rules a little bit, make more money. So that's sort of a broken element of it. However, there's this opportunity to say, here are the gaps in our world that if we fix those gaps, they're incredibly valuable, and therefore the gaps will get fixed. If the gaps aren't incredibly valuable when fixed, they'll forever be sort of... Um, Nobody will care. Well, yeah, and, it's, and it's sort of on a philanthropic front, which there's plenty of room for philanthropy. There's no problem there from my perspective, but it doesn't scale. Right, it's consumptive of capital, whereas capital within capitalism begets capital, and so and begets what? philanthropy. That's right, and and so I think that's the framing that's that attracted brilliant. me. Um, that's and really smart. Yeah, absolutely, and I, I think that you know the founder um, John Mackey, the founder and CEO of Whole Foods. Who Jonathan's going to try to help me get on the show? Oh, sure, yeah. Well, but you're now, like, yeah, now sure. it's been recorded. No, yeah, he'll do it. Totally, he'll, he'll do it. He'll yeah. do it. Okay. Yeah. yeah, he's a good guy. Um, we can. We can get a couple lines in the water on that one. Um, and so I think, you know, what attracted me was both those facts and I was spending time on this company that is very much a capitalistic enterprise, Zero Mass Water, that was doing a lot of work in the emerging world because pain points pay. But they pay because the incumbent costs are really high for, yeah. non, uh, for, for solutions that don't work. And simultaneously, I was doing a bunch of stuff at the Aspen Institute. So the sort of confluence, the kind of universe spoke to me and said, you know, this conscious capitalism thing is uh, perfect because it sits right at the nexus of how people are talking at the Aspen Institute, not necessarily doing. Some are, but not everybody. It's more of a convener than it is an action-oriented thing. Um, The things that we're doing in the company, and I want to be around CEOs like Jonathan who uh, have – converted are attempting to convert whole industries that are broken capitalism and his gap if you will I remember Ayrton Senna said you're, if you don't go for the gap you're not racing so the gap that Jonathan's going for is the place that's broken within an incredibly valuable industry and if he can fix it he rewrites an entire industry and there's money to be made there Yeah. Also. so here's a couple questions that I have for you very specific 
So one of the things that's... That's why he's the doctor, by the way. Did you hear that? No, he's brilliant. Yeah. One of the questions that I have about the brokerage model that tends to drive a lot of the bad behavior Mm -hmm. is there are many cases in which there's a disproportionate incentive, you know, for you to make money at the expense of your client. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. I don't know that conscious capitalism can fix that, just the disproportionate incentive thing. So how do you think about that in the prickish, non-prick thing? I I would look at it like this. It's a great question. So I I would answer I try. Yeah, you did good. You did good. Fist pump. Yeah. All right. right. Good question. Um, I would answer that two ways. Number one, the inherent problem with the commercial real estate industry is twofold. Number one, it's conflicted and heavily conflicted. So if you think about traditional commercial real estate firms, their primary income stream, their primary revenue model is representing landlords, developers, and real estate investors. And then they try to take tenants like Cody and put him in a building or help him buy a building when really all that's doing is serving the greater good in their minds of that broker-landlord collaboration. Some might call it collusion. And so what you have is you have this real estate industrial complex where the tenant is used as fodder to benefit the supply. So it's it's an industry where supply overwhelms demand. And as a result, it inflates prices, it inflates terms, et cetera. The second problem is the nature of the actual cultural elements within commercial estate brokerage. It's a very hyper-competitive, cutthroat, 100% commission environment where the only reward tends to be who ends up at the top of the heap. And there's very little recognition of the type of behavior that gets you there um, in a negative sense. In other words, but that's true of all brokers. I mean, it's the reason why people don't like used car salesmen. Exactly. It's the reason why people don't like investment bankers. It's the reason why people don't like... Exactly. Everybody knows they're alpha number one. Right. So the question is, how do you change that? Right. Right. So what we've done is created a cultural shift where, on one hand, we create a culture that enables the right behavior. Right? And so in my book that's coming out here in June called You Don't Have to Be Ruthless to Win, I describe these three levels of reinvention where you start with yourself... So we only hire people that care. That's the first part. You can't shift that if somebody doesn't care. Then you create a culture within your organization of selfless service. And then all of your stakeholders in the community are the ones how you interact with them matters too. And Cody's the perfect example of that. And so what we've done in commercial real estate is say, look, at the end of the day, it's a service industry. At the end of the day, it's people driving value for other people. One, you should have transparency. That's very rare in our industry, so we bring transparency to it. Two, you should have a lack of conflict of interest, which we bring. But three, you should also have a culture that you work with, an organization with a culture that actually demonstrates the values that you as an organization believe in. And so that's where we're having such a – that's where our growth has been so phenomenal is is – uh, finding those people who are good people inside, like I used to be, right? Like back in the day, I actually cared, but I wanted to make money. And so I got into commercial real estate to make money, and I had to make a decision. Am I going to act like everybody I'm seeing, or am I going to act like my parents raised me? I choose to be ruthless because I wanted to make money. And it, I had to come full circle to realize, wow, there is a better way I could help others. And so finding those other people that are trapped in the commercial real estate industry and giving them an opportunity to say, look, you don't have to actually be that way. And what if... What if as a possibility you could actually create extraordinary success for yourself without having to engage in that, in that activity? And what if you could actually make more money, be more successful by doing the right thing? And that's what we stand for. Great. That's beautifully said. 
So, but you are the doctor. I don't, I don't have a DR period in front of my name. <laughs> I would. It's a different kind of doctor. I oh, would love to find out from both of you what was the source of the quantum leap because there actually was as a as a leap in belief system that this t- that that con- con- that re- that is required to really embrace conscious capitalism. What was the catalyst for that quantum leap for you? Well, you know, I, it's it's it would be nice to be able to package that up in a in a tight soundbite, but I would say that in a in a in a broad strokes way the recognition that um, there's a, for me as a technologist, um, there's a tremendous amount of cynicism in the technology world and and tech companies, right? All the stuff you hear about in the social media stuff around, well, now, by the way, you're surprised you're the, not the customer, you're the product, right? And kind of (laughs) the, the, it's not like it was a surprise to the people who built those companies, right? You've always been the product. You just didn't know you were the product. Um, And, the question was, could you, could you build technology that's fundamentally about lifting people up without business models and architectures that are cynical? And if you could do that, then this huge brain trust that we've built, not just in this country, but you know, globally, where there are you know, uh, developed or developing countries, um, could actually be unleashed to solving some of our biggest problems as opposed to bottled up and packaged in a way to kind of extract some value from, you know, maybe the, not our best, our, our better angels uh, as, in, as humans. And so I think conscious capitalism, I believe, uh, has tenets that align to that point, which is that if you can build capitalistic enterprises that are fundamentally about lifting people up without building in models that fundamentally tear, tear people down, you can still have a really valuable enterprise. And by the way, like sleep at night, <laughs> right? Yeah, one of the things that I think is so powerful is that I think a lot of companies operate this way but don't have the words, mm-hmm. right? Exactly that's the way I, I felt. That's exactly what I found. And that's what I was trying to describe when I walked into Conscious Capitalism for the first time. It's like, wow, I'm surrounded by a bunch of people that are like me, that have the same belief system. And yeah, they're doing different things, but they all care about fundamentally the same thing. So there's a term that we've coined for it, uh, which is an unconscious, conscious capitalist. So I think that's what I was. And having a community is, is when, you're, when you're in a commercial real estate brokerage world and you're saying words like love and serve and give and you shall receive, you're not exactly at the top of the popularity list. Um, and when you're exposing a lot of the, you know, the conflicts that exist in the industry, you know, you, you don't really have, you're not part of the club, right? And so to have a club of people that all believe the same basic thing as you and are working together to help affect change and create good in the world through business um, and help change the, you know, I hate seeing capitalism under attack. I think it's, I think it's short short-sighted to throw the baby out with the bathwater. And so what we want to do is bring awareness to all the companies that are doing good through business and creating jobs and creating, creating value. I mean, what Cody's doing is unbelievable. It's going to change the world. It's bringing mm-hmm. water to places where people are dying. That's, that, that is the good in capitalism. And like anything else, there's always some bad actors, but it doesn't mean that the fundamental structure underneath it is flawed. And so, 
bringing awareness to it, highlighting those companies that are um, behaving in this way, and trying to change the discussion around the good that business can create versus focusing on the few bad actors that are not behaving well. One of the core connections between Jonathan and I is love. Mm-hmm. And so he talks about you know love in an industry where there's not a lot of room for that. Nope. Our number one cultural element with that in, within Zero Mass Water is lead with love. So imagine saying to a bunch of scientists and engineers, okay, lead with love. Uh, love is a verb. And they all kind of look around like, what the fuck does that mean? Yeah. Right? Who are you? Yeah. Like, what is that? What is, I'm not comfortable with love in my personal life, much less as a verb and some context of business. And they explain agape to them and philia and like, you know, there's different kinds of. Yeah. And I think, yeah. well, yeah, no, I think that's, that's a, um, it, that's an approach. I think the, there's almost a more actionable way to, to package it, which is to say things like, you know, you, you, because you are here, you're courageous. Because you're courageous and you're here, you're vulnerable of failing ways small and, and big every day. And you're only going to do that if there's something behind it that you love. And there's that triad of love again that we always hear about. Love, courage, and vulnerability. If you don't have all th- the other two, you can't have any one of those. Right? The example of uh, the reason you run into a burning building right, is because there's something inside you love. It's hugely courageous to do that because... You're vulnerable being burned. Yeah. And think about that for anything that really matters. There's that triad always there. And once people kind of understand that, then you can show up to work. And it's no longer work. It's passion. It's I've got to solve this problem. And damn, I am, I am vulnerable failing. I have to step up. I have to you know, tuck my chin in, put my shoulders back, and, and go to work. Because on the other side of that is a solution that I want to see come to fruition. And, and it's fundamentally a loving act. When we can build businesses that are built on that principle, those set of principles, it's it changes the dynamic in the workforce. I agree. I agree. Yeah, the other thing I would say about that too is, is I think love is something that we all know how to do, right? Like, unless you grew up in a really tough home, in which case I really feel for you and come visit me in my office and I'll give you a hug. But most of us know how to love. And most of us were raised with a lot of love. And yet we don't, we don't bring that same skill set to business so much of the time. And we, we love and we serve and we give and we're selfless in our homes and in our churches and in our environments and our social clubs. And then we get out in business and we feel like we've got to fight and scratch and claw to win. And so my whole philosophy is, which is fundamentally aligned with Cody's and with the whole conscious capitalism movement, is this idea that, wow, what if you brought that same skill set and lived that same way that is already deep inside of your core? And what if you didn't have this fundamental belief that said, I can't be that way and be successful? Yeah, I can't make money. Like, right? that's I know thing. everybody knows they can do it. The yeah. question is, can you kick ass and take names while loving and serving? And my message to the world is yes. But and that's the quantum leap. People have to change their belief that if I am this way, if I'm loving, I'm not going to make money. So thank you for saying that. It was almost like a tee up. Did you pay her for that question? So the point of my whole firm is there's not enough examples. There's not enough examples of people that are living this way, that are having success this way. And so what we aim to be is an example of one industry, of one company that's doing something radically different in their space by loving and serving so others can go, huh, 
that crazy guy and his amazing team can do that, maybe we can too. Great. Well, we are out of time. I would love to sit here and talk with you all for four hours, but we can't. Um, so thank you, you so much. You don't want to talk to me for four hours. Maybe Cody. Cody and Jonathan, thank you so much for your time this afternoon. I hope you enjoy the rest of the conference. It was a true pleasure. Thanks thank for you. having us. Yep. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.